The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of Sports Drink Network. This is Tom coming to you from the D.C. Outpost. Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost. It is September 25th, 2023. And in a game where the offense had to make up for an abject lack of scoring by the defense, the Steelers beat the Oakland Raiders 23-18. to And I just get this little factoid in there. I did confirm this is the first Steelers road win against the Raiders since December 10th, 1995 confirmed and uh, first time ever playing them in Las Vegas. So clearly the Steelers prefer the party of Vegas over the, uh, the gritty California sunshine of, of Oakland or LA or whatever it may be. But the Steelers played well there second week in a row Steelers fans played well after the Steelman got embarrassed by the Niners fans in the first week, they returned the favor to the Raiders this week in Las Vegas, not unexpected, but so still so much fun to see. And you know what else is fun to see, Dad? Touchdowns. And look, we can, we can address the obvious that the defense did not hold up its end of the bargain. They didn't score any touchdowns. Clearly, you know, this team is going to go offensively as the defense goes. If the defense is scoring less than two touchdowns per game, I mean, I don't know what we're paying them for, but in a game where T.J. Watt and Alex Smith were, or Alex Highsmith were just objectively inefficient as offensive players, despite their great game against the Browns. Kenny, Canada, and the boys took a definitive step forward against the Raiders. So much more enjoyable watching this absolutely wacky, bonkers team when when they can matriculate the ball down the field a little bit. And so I think the way to look at this game is, look, this is a step forward, no, no matter what you want to say about it. Where does it go? That is irrelevant. Like, obviously, we need for that to continue. But no matter which way you cut it, it was a step forward. It's more enjoyable to watch. Uh, number three, it sort of solidifies a lot of what we all think about this roster. It's talented. Calvin Austin is a deep bomb machine. So there just feels like there's a lot that this offense has has to offer that feels like a guarantee outside of Canada and Kenny. And that's really encouraging. So we're getting a chance to see the Steelers, skill position guys do their thing. So that's awesome. Uh, I don't put too much into the Steelers winning an ugly, gritty game against a bad team. I think that they sh- they've shown over the years, yeah, they can do that. We can kind of count on that. And that's great. But yeah, Steelers definitely took a, a step forward. There is a long way to go. But there was always a long way to go. And that wasn't going to get solved in one week. So we can dig in during this podcast to a a little bit of the reasons or a few of the reasons why it was a step forward. Cause there's definitely some specific things that we can look at that are really encouraging that improved from the past two weeks. And, you know, we can also look at what they have to do 
after that. But yeah, just beautiful getting to win. And oh yeah, being in first place in the AFC North. Look at that. Even with like a negative 35 point differential. Don't worry about that. We'll make up for that over the course of the season. But yeah, the schedule luck helps. Steelman got the Texans this week. You and I will be there. Our first Steelers game together since who knows, 2002 or something maybe. But uh, we'll do our best to, you know, uh, lend a hand to the effort. So good win, step forward. How did you feel about the game, Dad? I was discombobulated because, as you know, I had a uh, social event that delayed my arrival, and I like to watch these things live. So I came in somewhere in the third quarter. So I arrived just in time to be stressed out in the fourth quarter in the last half. But, you know, again, going to bed at midnight, knowing that you're going to be awake for a couple hours, regardless of a win or loss, you probably fall asleep about five minutes earlier for a victory. Do you want to go about this sort of inside out from, you know, quarterback, you know, impact players outward? Maybe we could start with, with Kenny. What's the difference this time? Yeah, let's start with Kenny and maybe we can sandwich some of the positive with the negative. And I, look, when we're talking about some of the negative, the Steelers, it doesn't have to be Debbie Downer. It is what it is. Like I said, there's a lot to hang on to in terms of, hey, they they can make changes over the course of the year and next year. And at the end of the day, you have some great players. and. I don't want to say nobody can take that away from us, but I'm going to, um, you know, you have some great players. So there's stuff to work with. So Kenny himself, um, you'll be glad that you missed the beginning of the game. The beginning of the game was just as bad as the last few games, especially when I rewatched it this morning. I mean, he threw two pick sixes, two terrible should be pick sixes that got dropped. And to his credit, he rebounded from that. And what did he do? absolutely gorgeous 72-yard TD pass to Calvin Austin. I know he was wide open, but guess what? That's going to happen. That Calvin Austin is that fast. We've seen plenty of Martavis and, and Mike Wallace catches deep bombs being that open. This little tiny man, whose name I always confuse for Jalen Warren on account of him also being another phenomenal and fast tiny man, Calvin Austin, he can get deep. And so last week, you get a 71-yard pass to a wide-open George Pickens. But once again, that's what we're looking for for Kenny. We're, we're kind of starting from the beginning again here. Hit the wide-open ones. Great. Hit, hit Pickens perfectly in stride last week. Pretty clean pocket. But still, the, the rush was coming at him. Stepped up. Delivered. Rush was really barreling down on him uh, on this touchdown pass to little Calvin Austin. Jalen Warren comes up and smacks, I believe, Max Crosby in the math to give him just an extra half second of time. And Kenny, like we pointed out during the preseason, like we pointed out at certain points last year, he doesn't flinch at all and delivers an absolutely perfect ball in stride to Calvin Austin. Look, you know, you look at Tua, who's a very good quarterback. Uh, He's not Mahomes or anything, but he is a good quarterback. Hey, even he struggles with hitting these guys in stride all the way down the field sometimes. So just the fact that Kenny stepped, like, stands tall in the rush and delivers a perfect pass. That's the difference between, okay, great. Calvin Austin catches it, but he has to slow down. And cause he's, he's so far ahead of the defenders. A lot of quarterbacks aren't going to want to overthrow him. So he'll have to stop, catch it. And then we'll be at the 20 yard line. And we know there's virtually a 0% chance of the Steelers punching it in there. But Kenny, look, he, he there's another way. He drops his balls right down to the, to the field. They're on field level, and he says, nope, I'm hitting this thing in stride. Steelers score. Awesome. Two weeks in a row. Might, might be three. No, two weeks in a row with like a 70-plus 70 70 yard touchdown. That's awesome. And so a lot of the beginning of the game, 
he is going through similar struggles, which should be expected. He's not going to correct that in one week. But, man, first few drives, drops back to pass. First read is to George Pickens, isolated on the right side, one-on-one. George Pickens, I don't think people are talking about how the route running has really improved. He shakes the crap out of his guy, runs an inside slant, wide-ass open. Kenny takes a snap, staring right at him, wide open, and just turns it, just freaks out, turns around to the left, runs out of the pocket to the left, and just kind of throws the ball over Calvin Austin's head on the sideline. That's the bad Kenny stuff. That's the stuff we need to worry about. But that stuff's also correctable. So what's funny about Kenny is we worried initially about his physical talent. We have seen it's a little bit better than we even thought. And it seems as if his physical talent has actually improved. Like you could see on that bomb, like he's got his arm strength is actually decent, but him playing like a freelance quarterback in college is what he needs to get rid of at the NFL. Because unless you're Lamar or Mahomes or a super freak, you can't constantly play like that. You need to take the snap, look at George Pickens. Okay, sweet. He did that. And then, and then throw it to him when he's wide open instead of, Hey, I, I don't feel good playing on rhythm. I have to, roll out of the pocket. And remember like Ben was a little bit like that. He never turned down wide open throws like that. And I actually watched some of his rookie film. It's, it's astonishing. He's underrated as a rookie. I saw him throw a 40 yard out route his rookie year the other day, but we always said he relies too much on the playmaking, but the difference is he was a physical freak, right? So that's the good thing about Kenny. We're seeing some, some scaredy cap play with the two should be pick sixes. We're seeing him not trust his reads, even when they're wide-ass open. But then we see him on multiple third and longs with the rush in his face, correct those things, just stand in there and deliver truly perfect passes to Pickens multiple times over the middle. Gets hit, perfect strike to him. To Calvin Austin for long touchdowns. And we also saw an unreal 40-something-yard run from Kenny, where once again... Everybody's looking at that the next day like, man, is Kenny faster than we think he is? Because it got called back for a penalty, not a hold, like a procedure penalty or something like that. But he darted up through the middle of the field and actually hit a super clean cut to the right to juke out a guy and gain an extra 30 yards. So there is a lot there when you look at Kenny to say, man, this guy actually has quite a bit of talent if we can just settle him down. And that's just the whole thing that worries me about the Canada you know, experiment and all that. And yes, yes, he had a better game, but at a certain point we're, we're nitpicking here. I just don't want Kenny to lose his confidence. So, because uh, you can see he'll end up like Zach Wilson, but man, all, some really great plays, some really bad plays, but those great plays are encouraging because the bad ones are fixable. I'm just looking at the list of, of receivers and I, I don't know if this is good, better and different, but both Pickens and Austin were targeted the most at six, six targets. Uh, and he spread the ball around pretty nicely to to his remaining receivers. Aside from the 72-yarder to Austin, what did you see from Pickens? It's funny because it sounds so simple, right? We sound like dodos. We are dodos. But sometimes even a dodo can figure this out. George Pickens, if he's in single coverage, throw him the ball. Okay? We still need to get better at that. Wait, oh, say that again? George Pickens. If George he's, Pickens. George Pickens, right? Are you confused with Pickett and Pickens? Did I say Pickett? No, I'm taking notes. We're freaking out. Oh, yeah, yeah, here. Let me, let me say it again once again. 
because I sometimes will say picket. Who cares? They're, they should be one and the same. They need to amoebify. They need to meld into one man. But if, he, if Pickens is in single coverage, throw him the ball every single time. Don't even read the field. Do what Ben Roethlisberger did to AB. The rules favor the NFL receiver far too much. We've seen what, what Pickens can do. Kenny sometimes goes to it and good things happen. But if he's single coverage, throw it to him. So he tried a couple of those. And then the other thing we say, again, we sound like dodos. Like anybody can pick this out. But sometimes it's this simple. He, we need to throw Pickens the ball over the middle of the field. Canada has sent him over the middle of the field actually quite a bit in these first few games, and Kenny has missed him. He missed him another few times in this game, but then he hit him on some of those third and longs. And you see, like, Pickens, he's not Randy Moss with Randy, like Randy had just like 4-1 speed basically, but they do have a similar um, sort of athletic profile. Martavis Bryant had this a little bit too, where they don't look that fast. But when they get the ball in their hands, Randy's different. Randy was always fast, even without the ball in the hands, and so is Martavis. But when Pickens gets the ball in his hands, he has a totally different gear. A.B. was similar, slow 40 time, but when he gets the ball in his hands, he's very fast. And so Kenny just needs to get him the ball over the middle of the field more, and he did that. And you see, it's un- he's unstoppable. He's a star receiver, and so it, it wasn't perfect today. There were some bad misses, but the difference is the first two weeks, it was almost exclusively bad misses, and this game... He included some some excellent strikes, and you see, like, oh man, this guy absolutely can ball. So, get him the ball over the middle. It can't just be perfunctory go routes. Let the man run with the ball, and they did that. So moving to the backfield, so Najee had 65 yards on 19 carries. Um, Jalen Warren, 29 yards on eight carries. What? So maybe before you sort of opine on on the. Guys rushing the ball, we yeah. can talk about, was that an O-line problem? Yeah, once it, so the O-line is not where it needs to be yet, and we're just going to give them more time. I think that's the modern NFL. Like, you look around the league, and there's obviously the Dolphins, who just discourage and terrify you, the fourth 70-point game in the history of the NFL. But nobody's really scoring right now. Nobody. That I think that'll change over the course of the year, and I think that a lot of people agree the new – limitations on practicing during the summer, particularly with full contact, it affects offensive lines really badly. So hopefully the Steelers line gels the same way they did last year. Um, and then I'll say this as a, as a bookmark, we can't say this again though next year. Like their baseline, sure, like I just said, every NFL line is going to get better over the course of the year these days, but their baseline better start a lot higher in 2024 because we said last year, hey, this is okay while they're getting the training wheels off, but right now we're in 2023, and it's identical to 2022 in a lot of ways. They need to take a step forward. But to answer your question, I don't know the percentages, but they're fairly high. It's around 60% or more. Whenever Najee or Warren touches the ball, they are getting contacted behind the line of scrimmage. So the line, it's not that talented. Look, we need to get Broderick Jones up to speed here this year to get a little bit more talent on the field. Obviously, there's not a ton of rhyme or reason to the run game, and there's some great stats behind that that John Ledyard and this phenomenal British man named Ollie uh, put out on their podcast and their Substack this week, which I'll point out. So they're not being put in a lot of advantageous running positions, but that did change a little bit this week. So if we want to talk about the running backs, here's what I think. Najee Harris is getting crucified by the national media, and I'm getting texts about him, people saying like he's – unbelievably slow. He's a complete bust. And I don't think that's true. 
I think that he is what he is. Like he's not a, a bona fide first round running back, but I was talking to our friend David and I said, the, the way that the Steelers should design this running back committee is it should be far closer to 50, 50 than it is because Warren clearly can make more out of nothing. Warren can make big plays, but at the end of the day, He's 5'8". I don't care. We like do He's care. very tough. He's thick. I don't want to be giving him 30 carries game. And Najee has a use. And he showed that use, which is, yeah, he's slow. He's slower than Le'Veon, who really, I think Le'Veon had three 20-yard runs in a two- or three-yard stretch in his prime. So we've seen, like, you don't need to bust long runs, but are you an automatic five yards? Are you going to kill teams with five, 10, 15-yard runs and be great in pass protection? Well, pass protection, he's, he's okay. Warren's incredible. But Najee has shown that, even the first carry of the game. So first off, I, I'd have to watch it again. I don't know if it was called for off tackle, but there's an example of like, we, why are we running Najee Harris off tackle? Najee Harris should be running up the middle. But he does break the first tackle and sort of goofily spin and contort his way to a five-yard game when he got hit three yards in the backfield. And some people are like, oh, if you give it to Warren, he can scoot all around that guy on the end. He doesn't even have to break the tackle. And to that, I reply, yes. So please call those plays for Warren and not Najee's. And please don't get completely beat by your man, you know, immediately. So that's how the offensive coordinator and the line play into it. But I think that if they bring the percentage of carries and snaps with Najee and Warren closer to 50-50, which they won't do. Like, this is, this is kind of the year, this is really showing itself for Mike Tomlin and the Steelers. Like, their extreme loyalty to their investments and their first-round picks. I think they just have this vision of Najee getting 70% of them. I think if they bring that closer to the middle, and they have shown some willingness to do this, Najee has a use as a battering ram. And I know it's not 1999, but... You can just force up the middle a billion times, and by the time you get to the fourth quarter, he can wear people down. And you see he falls forward constantly, and that's how the second half of last year looked. So you could have kind of a New England Patriots-style backfield when they had Deion Lewis as the fast guy, the big playmaker, and LeGarrette Blunt as the, he never does anything great, but he ends up with 80 yards every game, and he scores on the goal line. So I don't think that there's a big running back problem like the rest of the public thinks. I just think, um, I don't know if we, we can talk about some of the, the play calling and, and some of the styles. There are some really great numbers on that that were switched this game. I think that as long as they just bring them more to 50-50, there's a lot for the running backs there. They were less predictable. I guess I'll just say that. Over the past two games, when they're in shotgun, they're passing at over 80% of the time, which is by far the league highest. And when they're under center, they were running at over 80% of the time. Again, highest in the league. So what does that tell you? incredibly predictable defenses know what the Steelers were doing and this game they changed some of that they started running more inside zone if you look at Derek Kidd on Twitter here's our weekly shout out to our Steelers guys um, he shows you some of those inside zone plays like hey they were designing these kind of off tackle or these dumb read options with a slow backfield now they were running a different style of running from the shotgun so it's less predictable and it works better and they even ran some play action under center so just a few little changes Everybody did a little bit better. All right. We'll see if that continues. Anything to say about um, Pat Fryermuth, who had a touchdown reception? It was nice to see him get more than one target, right? I think um, some people said on Twitter, and Derek was saying, he said uh, he whispered via asterisks that Pat Fryermuth isn't a great contested catch catcher. And I know what he's saying, because I think he has missed three. 
this year. Um, really tough catches, but kind of the, the catch which you'd like to see him make if you want to be a star tight end. I'd have to look back in the last year because I, I would say I just I have a big cut up of him making incredible contested catches in the end zone, in particular one handed catches with a guy pass interferencing him, you know, using pass interference as a verb there. And so I've seen him show the ability to be a great pass catcher up the middle, but he's been running these skinny posts and Kenny has been firing the ball to him on his back shoulder, which is again, we love this from Kenny. This is great. And Fryermuth is getting murdered right when he's about to catch that ball. But that's the NFL star tight end. Like Mark Andrews is catching that. So if we can see him just start doing that a little bit more, that's going to turn the corner. But they also did a good job of getting Fryermuth the ball in space. So he was able to run over some guys and, and run for some extra yardage. So it's just you, Calvin Austin gets the ball. Pat Fryermuth gets the ball. Uh, Hayward gets a carry that goes for negative three. But you almost just forget, man, the Steelers have so many good players. And they do not have Deontay Johnson back yet. So... I don't care that it was against a really bad Raiders team. That's what the Steelers needed. By the way, the Browns and the Niners are the best defenses in the league right now. They're incredible. So uh doesn't mean the Steelers aren't bad on offense, but the Steelers deserved a Raiders game. And sometimes you just need that to get your, get your mojo going. All right. I think you unlocked our next uh, discussion, and that is about the defense. And the first thing that I note, and I'm going to look, look at the positive, Ooh. is um, Josh Jacobs, only 62 yards. Yeah. Helpful. Yeah, that is helpful. And they haven't been able to run the ball all year, so they, they've been struggling. But last year, they ran on everybody. So it was good that the Steelers were able to kind of shut that down. I'd say in that category, we're just constantly on Cam Hayward watch right now, right? And what Cam Hayward watch has become, and here's another great thing about the game, it's become, oh my gosh, Keanu Benton needs more snaps watch. Like the Steelers say they want to bring him along slowly. I don't, I don't have a huge problem with that, but let's just hope that those numbers go up week by week. I think he had a sack. He has been very good. Keep your fingers crossed there. That's huge. You know, he's a big part of that. The Steelers attacking linebackers are a big part of that. You're right. Just not, you know, Raiders haven't run for a lot of yards, but Steelers are liable to lose to anybody. Really nice to see them bottle it up, even if they forgot that, you know, one of the best receiver, like a Hall of Fame receiver was on the other team and Devontae Adams and, you know. Yeah, <laughs> let's look at that. that. That's actually the... the that's the concerning thing, right? So Devontae Adams had 172 yards. Um, Myers had 85. And when you look at what the defense did, let, let's let's do the TJ watch because he had two sacks, three quarterback hits, and two tackles for losses. So we had a total of four sacks, and Garoppolo was hit eight times. Yet, you know, he's getting the ball out. Adams made his yards. We saw, you know, thank goodness for the interceptions. Yeah. But – Man, the weakness in the secondary, as as feared, right? As guaranteed. Yeah, I think some of these things we just got to understand as fans, oh, they're going into this season with a bad, slow secondary. And they're just relying on the fact that their pass rush is going to be really good, so let's hope it is, and boom, it is. The pass rush is incredible. It is what it is. Another massive positive. I don't know what the snap counts were. That would be something that I would be really interested in regards to Herbig and Golden. I think Golden had a sack. But let's just keep yeah. TJ fresh because what's TJ Watt doing? He's doing the same thing he always does. He should be. I know Michael Parsons is having an unreal year and he might get defensive player of the year and that'd be fine. But TJ is right there with him and TJ could challenge the single season sack record that he holds with Michael Strahan if he just keeps us up. TJ's TJ. It's like Troy's Troy, Ben's Ben, you know, AB's AB. It's really nice having TJ Watt on the team. 
and these corners, here's, here's what I would say about them. Look, we got the slowest corner tandem in the league, but there's some wily vets, so they're in the right places so that when the pass rush gets to Jimmy Garoppolo and he inevitably, inevitably does his weekly, I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. I know, look, I know there's some hot chicks in the stand right now, and they're going to see this sick spiral. I'm going to throw it out there, see what happens. Honestly, at the end of the day, doesn't really matter. Okay, Steelers caught it, whatever. So at least Levi Wallace and Patrick Peterson are catching these easy interceptions, but you know, you never want to put them in a position to be man-to-man on Devontae Adams. It's just ridiculous. It'll never happen, but just annoying that the Raiders were able to just get him so wide-ass open the, the entire game. But we know this about the Steelers' corners, and I guess Joey Porter, he, that's another one. He, uh, he's had tiny sample size, but every time he's gone in there this season, he's made a play. So keep your fingers crossed. It's just, it's great. Like, that's where you can have the joy in this season. I think it's important to reiterate to the fans, and we can dig more into this, and I think I should tweet out some links for some of these other podcasts that are really breaking down the film and, and using percentages and phenomenally informative material. But, like, the offensive problem, it is what it is. It's not going to go away completely. But that doesn't mean the Steelers are, are screwed for their entire team lifespan. Just look at the talent all over the team. They just, you'll, you're not going to get 22 awesome starters in a year. They are going to try to weather this year with slow old corners and hope that Joey Porter Jr. improves. And we got a long way to go, but so far so good. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the addition of, well, Benton for sure, um, Sorry, I had this thing right in front of me. What do you think of, about Liao? I mean, uh, looking stronger than he was before. Uh, upgrade, I mean, plugging the hole for Cam temporarily? No, no and he's never going to plug the hole for Cam. He's a pass rusher. He's like a, a skinny guy, and I guess he had a bozo penalty on a, on a field goal. That was a, a big issue, and we'll see. He, he hasn't popped. You know, you see a guy like Benton pop. That's awesome. Leal's been okay. That's also valuable in a sense, although I think Leal was a third-round pick, and that's not really what we're looking for in a third-round pick. But, you know, again, you just got more talent in, in, on the, in the front seven than you have in the past few years. And obviously those linebackers having average, at least intense linebacker play that fits with the personality of the team is great. And that's how you have to structure the team. Like, I'll, I'll never understand why they let Cam Sutton go. It seems like that was such a negligible cost. Would have loved to have kept him. I'll never understand why they let Mike Hilton go. I'm sure, and I'm not even exaggerating here, I'm sure there's a very legit reason for that where if Tomlin and Khan were in the room with us right now, they could break it down for us, and maybe we'd agree, maybe we wouldn't. But it is odd that we're looking here from the outside and like, what are those guys, like four or five million dollars each? Like, for, like, that seems like it could be done. But regardless, you can only fill so many holes. The Kansas City Chiefs don't have any star receivers. Right? Like, okay, well, this is how we're going to build. This is what we can do. Let's not go crazy spending on receivers because we have Mahomes, Kelsey, and Reed, so we can weather that storm. The Steelers are there right now with corners. Hey, we are going to take a corner high with this incredible gift that we've been given by the city of Chicago. City of Chicago gave us the first pick in the second round for Chase Claypool. So, hell yeah, we got Joey Porter Jr. But otherwise, it's like, okay, well, we can't fill every position. We're just going to cross our fingers with the corners this year because our pass rush should be so good. And it is. Well, finally, let us talk about special teams. So um, Boz goes quietly again, three for three. We'll just start with him, 43, 42, and 57-yard field goals. 
but I think the story of the night or the yeah. this crescendoing story yeah. is uh, Presley Harvin. He, so I just checked this out. He is second in the NFL. I know, I know you sort of look askance at some of these stats, but he's second in the NFL with punts inside the 20 and with eight. Five of them came last night. Five of six punts were down inside the 20. And last week, I think he had three or four, like inside the 10. Yeah, we talk about stats needing context. We got plenty of context. He's been a freaking Hall of Fame punter the past two weeks. His talent was never an issue. We've always known he has crazy talent, and that's why we sort of sit here and just tip our cap and try not to jinx it. But such an easy player to root for. Talent has never been the problem. You hope that he's not the kind of guy who could have a bad game and it just spirals for him. But let's just be happy that he's been looking pretty good. Calvin Austin had a nice return. Did that get called back? Well, regardless, he's having Calvin Austin. He's playing. He played phenomenal in training camp. What did he do? Big returns, big long catches. Preseason, big returns, big long catches. Regular season, big returns, big long catches. That's very exciting. When Deontay gets back, the Steelers, yeah, it's very exciting. But Presley Harvin's been incredible. Chris Boswell, I mean, in Bos we trust. I just just love the guy so much. Is 57 his his longest of all time, or does he have a 60? I don't know. That'll be interesting to see, but. Boz yeah. is automatic. Well, I will say this. And so he comes Boz back to is, Houston next week to his native Houston. Or I don't know if he's from there, but I know he went to Rice. So maybe we'll catch him. Boz ranks second in terms of 50-plus field goals with three for three, only behind uh, Matt Gay at Indiana. Hey, um, Indianapolis. Four so in one week, Matt Gay had. One last, I wanted to end this with a question about strat, Raiders' strategy where Josh McDaniels decided to go for a field goal. Two and a half minutes left in the game. Um, it was fourth and four from the, from the eight-yard line. What do, you, what do you think about that decision? Yeah, nobody likes it. I'm glad that he did it as a Steelers fan. Can't do it. Steelers, man, it's just so funny. Like, every, every team remains the same over the years is what it feels like. And the reason why I say that is the Steelers will botch one of those situations this year. That's what Tomlin does. The Steelers will also win a ton of crappy games against mid to lower upper tier teams this year. That's what they do every year. If the Steelers come across any elite teams, they're not just going to lose. They're going to get blown out of the building. <laughs> and, and you just see it all across the league. The chiefs, they have the same personality every year. They're going to drop some early games to teams. They shouldn't, they're never going to cover, but they're always just going to win. And by the end of the year, they're going to figure it out. Yada, yada, yada. The Ravens are going to have, every player on their team injured. And it's just like, it's just wild to see these things repeat themselves over time. So glad to see we were not on the, the losing side of poor game management, uh, the way we were almost last week with that hilarious Tomlin challenge on the, I think it was the Mari Cooper catch where he got two feet down. And everyone's like, all right, so next play. And then Mike as PFT commenter says, throws out the challenge flag and just, I don't like that play. I would like that play to have a different result. So, well, Mike, Clearly, it's on a 70-foot television screen. I, we don't care. We do not care. We do not care. We're challenging that thing. So, <laughs> nice to be on that side of game management. Yeah, I think, so I think to sort of put this all in a bow, enjoy it. I think the Steelers have tremendous potential that has shown over, a, mm-mm. Maybe not the first two games, <laughs> but this game, the preseason, and a lot of moments last year, all kinds of guys with star potential. Talk about all the skill positions. We know that. 
We're happy that we're getting this Keanu Benton. Obviously, we already knew about Jalen Warren. He's a skill guy, but kind of coming out of nowhere. Austin, we're answering these questions about dudes we had our fingers crossed about. And that's great. So that's the thing we got to look forward to. And now on the other hand, we're very happy that the offensive coordination has improved. The only scare, fear that I would have is I do think it will get better over the course of the year. They can't keep them. They cannot keep them. If you still look at the numbers, and I won't go into all of it right now, check out John Ledyard, L-E-D-Y-A-R-D, on Twitter. Go, it's like five bucks to pay for his sub stack. You can listen to a couple of episodes. You will be very happy that you did. He and Ollie break down just the percentages of what Matt Canada is doing. They break down the history of Matt Canada. He had two years at NC State, I believe. But other than that, he's never had more than one year at any any location. By the way, these are all colleges. <laughs> he's on year three of the Steelers and kind of the, the book on Matt Canada. We've been talking about it for years. But when he first started being an offensive coordinator, he was doing some razzle-dazzle pre-snap, a bunch of motion. But at the end of the day, there's not a ton of rhyme or reason to it. It ends up just being we're running a lot of high school concepts, which means you, you play one side of the field or the other side. Slant flats, smash routes. These are just classic um, route combinations that you see all the way back to high school, and they're very easy to diagnose for NFL defenses. And so you're not putting yourself in a great position to succeed. Additionally, when you look at what the Steelers are trying to do, like, okay, we want to get the, the ball in the hands of our playmakers and have them run with the ball. But that's going to be really hard when, you know, before this game it was like 40 or 50 dropbacks are utilizing routes that stop and turn back to the quarterback. Like if you look at the stats, if you look at George Pickens, Najee Harris, and Deontay Johnson, they all rank almost last place at their position four yards after the catch last year and then this year. But they all rank in like the top five or six for broken tackles at their position, which shows these guys are very talented runners, but they're not getting a lot of yards. What is that? When you dig closer, the Steelers don't know how to put them in position. Really, you should be running them 15 yards downfield where there's some soft spots in the zone where they can run across the field. So, hey, we want to get the, the ball to Deontay, let him run. Okay, well, how about he runs when he catches it? They're like, nope, he's just going to stop and turn around, and then he's going to have to restart. These are just very basic issues that the Steelers are going to have to overcome. But even with all that, you can just see it on TV. They did much better last night. Kenny left a ton on the field as well. There's still so much more room for improvement, even if the play calling didn't dramatically improve. So we should be encouraged by that. And I think that that's the story of the Steelers. It's almost hard to talk about the defense. Like, we won't even, we won't even know. The Steelers have a crazy pass rush. Almost nobody else has that. If there's a competent offense helping out there, that'll be great. I hope this game was huge for Kenny's confidence. Clearly, the beginning of the game, it was not there. And I think that that bomb to Calvin Austin hopefully unlocked something. So, fun to watch. And I think I will, will predict a Steelers win against the Texans. But the Texans are feisty. And... C.J. Stroud, is I think he's had the best three games of almost any rookie quarterback ever besides Luck and, I think, Cam Newton. And so that'll be a good test for the Steelers. They don't have a lot of super talented, fast receivers or veterans that are going to really stress the Steelers out, but it'll be a good test similar to the Raiders, but the Steelers are a much better team. I think that they could win like a 24-20 to 20 sort of game against the, the Texans this week. And obviously, we will be very disappointed if they don't. So please win the game. We are actually going. This will be awesome. So now everybody knows what to look for next week. 
Hey, uh, I have one request of our listeners. As a recovering slash reformed accountant, I struggle each week to come up with a title for these podcasts. Obviously, this is a recorded episode, so I can't ask you to name this one. But after the game next week, if a title for the podcast comes to mind, tweet it out to us. So hit us up on X at Steelers Outpost. Shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.